The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter. But that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Mark Lamb. Mark is a storyteller and dancer living in New York City. Mark talks with me about growing up in rural Kentucky in the 70s and suspecting he was gay from an early age. His journey to finding out who he was and what that identity meant was shaped by his experiences with pop culture, since it wasn't something he felt like he could talk to anyone about. Hey Mark, thanks so much for being here. Hey Brian, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you can make it um, to share share with me today. Yeah, what, what did you want to talk about today? Well, um, my story, let's see, starts with me. I was probably nine, ten years old. I think it was around nine. And I was snooping in my parents' bedroom. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love my parents' bedrooms. They had a hardwood floor in there. And I, I, I'm a dancer, choreographer. I used to dance around in there. So <laughs> that was my dance studio. I had lots of mirrors. Anyway, I was snooping around in my parents' bedroom. And I found this book um, called everything you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask and like it had this kind of mustard yellow cover and um there was it was written by a doctor so i i noted that and i also saw that it was a new york times bestseller so i thought well this must be you know very important book and um I start going through it and the kind of the way I remember it being set up and I tried to get one in the mail, but Amazon failed me <laughs> anyway. But the way I remember it is like the, the doctor kind of, there are um, vocabulary words like what a blowjob is and what a prostitute is. And you know, I'm like nine. Yeah. I was going to say you're pretty young. to be Right. <laughs> and it's small town, Kentucky. Yeah. You should know that. I'm, it's hard to tell. I have an accent, but it's there. And um, <laughs> so, you know, small town Sturgis, Kentucky, I find this book and it, it's, you know, revelatory. I'm kind of freaking out reading this thing. And also the other way it was set up is the doctor would like give the definition. He would describe these behaviors and then there were anecdotes from people who engaged in these behaviors. Okay. So, I, you know, there's uh, BDSM stuff and there's prostitution. And then I find a chapter on male homosexuality. And, you know, I, I was developing um, kind of that in between, you know, going into puberty. Yeah. And... Um, just all these this rush of emotion these feelings this kind of knowing feeling uh came over me and it was just it was devastating scary i was like elated and kind of sick to my stomach like you know reading about this um and excited too you know i guess in a way but so the doctor talks about um you know two men having sex and kind of how that works and um and then he says that um, gay men never, uh, you know, they crave anonymous sex and danger. Um, so, you know, that was <laughs> kind of, you know, all these things are going through my nine-year-old brain. And then he says um, that gay men can never really have a, um, a loving, committed relationship because it's not natural. And, you know, that it's, it's just 
just hits me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, to be nine years old and kind of have like some sense of your identity at that point. Yeah, and you know, people ask like, well, when did you know you were gay? And it's like, I kind of always knew. Yeah, so at that point, it was something that you were like, this is what I am and I'm reading about this and a lot of it isn't the positive thing that you want to be reading. Right, and I don't want to be that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I want to do everything that I can not to be that, but it's just who I am, you know, and I, I can't help it. And so there's all these <laughs> things going on. And then the there then I read the anecdote and there's uh, this um, story about this man who goes to a bowling alley, and what he does is um, he'll uh, sit in the stall in the bathroom. And you remember that senator that like did the little foot tap and got busted for like trying to make out with a guy in um, some airport yeah. there's like a little foot tap thing and so he got busted anyway it's kind of that anecdote was like okay the guy sits in the stall and he waits for someone to kind of move their foot and then he would take a piece of toilet paper and write a note like do you want a blow job and like throw it on the floor okay. <laughs> um and then, so, you know, they, and then they go into the stall together and you can imagine. So, <laughs> but the doctor said, and I'll never forget this. He said, um, most of the time, like in the homeless, in the male homosexual world, that would be considered a love letter. Yeah. yeah this is like the highest form of romance at this. <laughs> exactly. That, that gay men are going to have. Yeah. Um, which is also like a devastating thing to kind of. It's horrible. I mean, yeah. just, you can like, imagine how. Yeah. To, where you're like, <laughs> I guess it's like you're getting sort of an education, but it's also like not the most educational book, even though it's like everything you wanted to know about sex, but it's like from a very warped perception right from a of, doctor and yes. new york times best you know it's like but it's also yeah the year that they're writing about this stuff isn't the most evolved yes. <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know thank god for television um my parents bought a little sears and robot bungalow from a tv salesman and he had this the largest antenna in our little town was our house because he <laughs> wanted to sell TVs, you know, and look good. So we inherited when we bought the house this TV. So we got all the channels. Back then, you didn't have cable. You had an antenna. And so, you know, we got all these channels and we love television. And also on the radio was this song called Ode to Billy Joe. And it was by a woman named Bobby Gentry, uh, who had this incredible, sultry, southern voice. She's from Mississippi. Um, and she wrote the song called Ode to Billy Joe, and it's about how Billy Joe McAllister jumps off the Tallahatchie Bridge. And um, it's very mysterious, and everybody wonders, like, why did he jump? Did he get a girl pregnant? And, you know, what's going on? Well, then they come out with this movie right around right around about the time I was nine or ten that you know it's kind of this perfect storm <laughs> and um in the movie he's dating this girl and they go up to Choctaw Ridge on the Tallahatchie Bridge and they throw flowers in the water and they make out and they're falling in love and then he goes and hangs out with these men it's like a county fair or something and he gets to drinking and he goes off with these men and this is a made for TV movie 1976 ish and um and then he commits suicide. 
And uh, you find out that he had, well, he meets her up on Choctaw Ridge. Okay. And um, he tells her that he can't be with her because that he's he's been with men and that it's not natural. So I have this layer of this doctor saying that you're never going to have a loving relationship because yeah. it's not natural. And then um, the Ode to Billy Joe, this mysterious song, then we find out why Billy Joe jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge because he felt like he wasn't natural either. Yeah, so it's like reinforcing the thing that you had read in this book. Oh, and there's another you know, bizarre layer to this is... There, the guy Robbie Benson played Billy Joe, and he was like a teen idol back then. And I had such a crush on Robbie <laughs> Benson. He had this milky skin and these blue eyes, and he's like crying to the girl that he can't be with her because he's been with men and he's not natural. And so I felt the same kind of conflicts, but yet I'm attracted to him. And so it's just so <laughs> it's just so torture. Yeah, you're just like very confused. <laughs> yeah, with despite just being like that age and being confused because that's just that age you're confused about all that stuff everything yeah, yeah. And then, so so i you know i think well you know um maybe i should jump off a bridge like maybe maybe that's the thing to do because you know my i didn't want to disgrace my family and that you know i, I just felt deep that this is who i was and you know i was told that you know god doesn't want me you know that i i shouldn't you know that i'm not natural and so i and there are a lot of bridges i grew up on the ohio river and um there are a lot of bridges around i thought well you know maybe i should jump off a bridge but i was scared of heights and it just didn't seem that glamorous to me the water was really muddy and i'm a pretty good swimmer so i was like i don't want to jump off a bridge um but, you know, again, we watched a lot of television, watched soap operas and with my mom when I could and uh, after school TV specials. And I'd seen people try to commit suicide or commit suicide by taking pills. Well, back then, my mom had really bad migraine headaches and she would get Darvacet. And, you know, the irony is they're like these fuchsia pink horse pills. <laughs> so, you know, I saw them. They kind of captured my eye and I would take a baby aspirin bottle and just like stash one. You know, when she would get the prescription refilled, I'd take a couple and put them in this bottle and hit them in a desk. Um, so, you know, I was like stockpiling these pills and thinking you know i remember reading on the bottle that if you uh, take these pills you shouldn't operate heavy machinery and that uh, it could cause drowsiness so i thought you know i'll just drift off to sleep and i'll do my family and the world a favor you know one less fag they're gonna have to look at um, <laughs> so i'm stockpiling the pills and again we're a tv family and uh, there was this show that came on called Soap. And um, people, you know, I'm getting older now, but it, Billy Crystal played this gay character. Which, if you think about it, just parenthetically, Billy Crystal taking that role when he was a young actor was a huge yeah. risk for him. And, um, and thank you, Billy Crystal, you know, for taking that risk. It's pretty amazing that he going to do that 
So anyway, he's playing Jody Dallas on Up Soap, and it's a clever, very well-written, funny show that really addresses a lot of issues at that time that people didn't want to talk about. And um, his character in the show um, falls in love with a professional football player. And so... I'm seeing a character that falls in love and and they're having, you know, this deep committed relationship and it's complex, but Jody seems well balanced in so many ways. He, his family loves him. He loves them. They laugh. They, they carry on together. You know, it seems like, um, you know, being told you're not natural, it, Jody, the character seemed very natural to me. Yeah, it was the first time that you had seen a portrayal of a character that was gay that that you saw something that was against the saying of you cannot lead a natural life if this is who you are. Exactly. And you were like, oh, this person is leading a natural life. Like maybe I can have that too. Exactly. So that you know that kind of open crack the door of me um, trying to gain some more understanding about myself and um and then um weird turn of events uh and you know the way it was written we've come so far you know i never thought we'd be able to get married never it's i still can't believe it it's amazing <laughs> and i'm single by the way <laughs> this is also a dating <laughs> right podcast. this is okay keep it um, yeah. <laughs> so, um but it um, he decides the way it was written I'm not sure it would fly now but he decides that he is going to have a sex change because he and I don't think his character was really trans um, yeah it was more of just them trying to write this complex character right. at the time and might not it, I don't it's it's so layered you know yeah. now that and we understand so much more and I guess you're also living in the world of like a soap opera where yeah, so and many it's, crazy it's, things are happening. Yeah, and time. it's a crazy show. It's funny. It's campy. It's you know all this stuff. But you know the way Billy played it, I think he just was so in love. Yeah, he desperately and and the the fella he was falling in love with, they just wanted to be able to be together. Yeah, but the the football player knew it would destroy his career. So yeah, like this is the circumstances to make this work in the world. Exactly. So he just, Jody decides to have a sex change, the Billy Crystal character. And he goes in and he has a roommate who's this like older curmudgeonly guy who's like, you know, ask if he's a fagagigit or something. And, and they, they kind of go back and forth, but they, they start to develop this kind of understanding of each other. And it's a little bit, um, you know, an Archie Bunker type character and he's, you know, kind of backwards and Jody's educating him and, and they, they develop this banter um, and a relationship. And then the football player comes in and um, he says that he needs to speak to Jody and um, he seems pretty serious. So the older roommate man just says he'll leave and give them some space so the football player says to Jody, you know, this isn't going to work out. Yeah, I've decided that I'm going to marry 
um, a woman, a biological woman, and um, that, you know, eventually they would be found out and he'll always love him, but that, that this just isn't going to happen. So um, simultaneously, <laughs> he leaves and the nurses come in to give pills and they get an emergency call and so they evacuate the room. And so Jody is left there with this cart full of pills. And he starts eating these pills. Brian, I'm a crier. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's okay. And it's I okay. never know when it's going to come. It's all right. It's, it You're not the first person times. to cry on this. So anyway, Jody starts eating all these pills. And he's funny about, you know, the lavender one. And it makes me think of the Darvacet and, you know, the yeah, fuchsia one. And all, that. Yeah. all that. So, you know, it's so layered. And then, um, so he takes all the pills and he lays down and he's you know kind of he's still awake but you could, he's kind of catatonic in a way but billy crystal's amazing his eyes are showing everything but he's not moving his body at all and um the old man comes back in and um he can tell that you know the way the football player left i guess in the hall i don't know what but he can tell something's really wrong and Jody doesn't speak at all. He's just laying there. And the old man is like, you know, kid, I'm sorry it's not working out. He does this beautiful monologue. He's like, and I'm paraphrasing it badly, but he said, you know, um, one time I met the woman of my dreams and we fell in love and we laughed and we sang and we had this incredible life together. And then one day she found a lump in her breast and it seemed like the next day she was gone. And he said, I never thought that I would love or laugh again. Um, but then over time, one day I heard someone laughing and I, I heard someone singing and it was me. And I met someone else and and it worked out it was different but it worked out and then he sits down on the edge of the bed and he says to him like kid it's gonna work out you know you're gonna find someone else and you're gonna wake up one day and you're gonna be laughing and singing and you're gonna be in love again and then he reaches over and he just touches him on the head. Jody, the old man touches Jody on the head. And Brian, there was something about um, that moment that was so powerful because the straight guys in my life when I was that age, you know, they just hit me. <laughs> that was the only kind of or got or pushed me down or you know that was the only kind of physical um touch i had you know other than from my father that was um i guess what i'm trying to say is that moment that gesture when he touched him was to me just spoke volumes that and it humanized jody and he also said to him that, yeah, you can have love. 
And it made me think, yeah, maybe life, my life could be more than, you know, writing a love note, I say in air quotes, on a piece of toilet paper in a Boeing, you know, alley bathroom. Yeah. Um, so I think that moment and, and that gesture kind of saved my life. Um, so I didn't take the pills. And I didn't jump off the Tallahatchie Bridge. <laughs> yeah, and you're here today. Yes, and I'm here today. So, I mean, that's it's it's so. I feel like the thing that's so interesting to me about that, and it's like I feel like I was somebody who was very raised on pop culture, but like you know the pop culture of like the '90s or whatever. And but it's like it you kind of were that same kid, right? Who was just being raised by the things around him, but you were it was such a specific circumstance of like you living in a place where one at a time where it's hard to be the person that you are and then at a place where it's even harder as you were saying with like your the kids around you and things like that and it just seems so tough that like you had to deal with literally just like tv and books right to that's like everything that was feeding who you thought you could be was through this stuff exactly yeah and it's just like that's it's it's so i mean it's powerful but it's also like it it's it feels tough that like that was you know you couldn't i don't know growing up in the world you grew up in and then like seeing the world today do you feel better about i mean i know i know if we get in two in the grand scheme of today it becomes more of a mess but like in the circumstances of like being gay today do you feel i don't know like there's something it's positive just, about yeah it's just it's so much better it's just so much incredible so much incredibly more better for kids today i think i mean you know it's hard just being a kid in the world in, yeah in any time but um you know again i look at uh pop culture references um you know when ellen came out yeah to me everything shifted in my world you know that that TV moment, there was before Ellen, and then there was after Ellen. Yeah, because that was a mainstream thing mm-hmm. and a real thing versus a character on a on like a soap opera TV show. Exactly, and 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 then there was another moment. There was a show called Ugly Betty. I don't know if yeah, you yeah, yeah. remember that, but the, there was America Ferrara. Is that her name? Yes, yeah. yes, it's great in that show. But there is a. Um, a teen kiss, a gay teen kiss, and I'll never forget that. And they shot it kind of like in pan, like your typical straight kind of teen kiss, where like the camera's going around, <laughs> <Everything's spinning. laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. it's like you know, it, and it 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 really it just it seems so incredibly natural. Dare I say it? It it seems so natural. Yeah, just seeing that progression of how something was portrayed over 30 years on television and just and then like how that reflects into the world that we're living in it was just it was unbelievable you know that and you know pop culture will move things along art will move things along and then you know obama evolved thank goodness and then when he started mentioning stonewall yeah in his speeches along with Selma and, you know, other civil rights movements, then, you know, 
I felt more human. Like, I didn't feel human. And then when gay marriage passed, I felt like, well, a friend of mine called me on the phone. She's a social activist back in Louisville, Kentucky, Mary West. And she says, uh, how does it feel to be human? And it was amazing. And, you know, I was sitting in a cafe in New York, and I just screamed. And um, this this really sweet straight couple sent over a bottle of champagne, you know, and it was just, it was just a perfect (laughs) kind of moment. (laughs) That's real sweet. You know, so um, it was just amazing, you know, how pop culture and these different references um, kind of move us along. Yeah, because I feel the same. I mean, I'm somebody who really has been affected by pop culture and like has, yeah, had the had those experiences where I like see myself in those shows, like the way you're seeing yourself in them. But do you, so w- when you were growing up at that point, like once you kind of got that first experience through, through soap of being like, I can have love in the world. Do you remember the first time that you then like actually felt it in the world? Like through, ro- like through your relationships or just acceptance? Like I like that first time that you were like, it's okay to be me but like actually out in the real real world and not through a TV show? Yeah, you know, I went to college and um, I, it was funny, and now I'm going to do another, you know, pop cultural reference. I, <laughs> I felt a lot like Sue Heck on The Middle. Okay. You know, very, I was, even though I was tortured and, and kind of didn't know what was going on in a lot of ways, I still tried to be who I was. So like I was, a mascot at the high school and did toe touches and, you know, and like was just kind of just very enthusiastic and did theater and dance and, you know, loved all that stuff and got a lot of crap for it. But I was like, this is who I am, you know? But then when I went to college, I went to Murray state university and I found my tribe and I wasn't out yet, but, People just accepted me. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. So it's like you basically have been that person that you are. Like you let your personality out at all times. But it was like college was that first time where you actually got like, it's okay to be you kind of that like. Exactly. And, and you know, when I came out, AIDS came out. So then there was that dark cloud. But yeah. it oh. also created... Um, you know, the whole ACT UP movement. And so all all of a sudden, there was a lot of activism and power and um, using my gayness as, as uh, using my voice and, and trying to uh, change the world and educate people and, um, and trying to stay alive, you know, that, that was the other thing, you know, back then people thought if you kissed, you could catch it. Yeah. And back then, you know, I'll never forget, like I get Danny, there was a hairdresser that cut my hair and gave me this fabulous, like cure look and, (laughs) you know, died at this black cherry. And, you know, we booked an appointment for six weeks later and I went back and he was dead. Oh man. You know? Yeah. So, like, just surviving all that, and and now, you know, here we are, um, and having the President of the United States, and I'm talking about Obama, because, you know, Trump has kind of now (laughs) tried to take everything away from us that he can. Um, It it was just, wow, Um, we've really 
come a long way. We've arrived in so many ways. And, and I, if I could meet Billy Crystal, I would just kiss him on the mouth because I think he just played Jody just so pitch perfect. Yeah, and it seemed like in a way he saved your life in maybe not like an actual 100% way, but just in a way of like knowing that you could be who you are in this world and it'd be okay. Yes, and also the the actor, um, and I wish I knew his name. I should have Googled it. But the actor that you know was was um, the who old comfort man in, yeah, that who comforted him. him. Yeah, to just know that there's other people out there who who can care about you too, like that. Just the feeling of like you can be loved for who you are. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. It's powerful. <laughs> it's just yeah, and you got TV along the way that just kept kept informing and making you feel things yeah kept moving us forward yeah tv does a good job of bringing out feelings i'm so glad my parents bought that house (laughs) (laughs) big antenna (laughs) uh cool mark well thanks so much for being here thanks for having me brian i really appreciate it yeah it was great um if do you have like a website or if people want to follow you online or you got things going on that you want people to know about yes i'm uh at mark lamb dance.org i have a dance company here in the city and um just go there and you can find me on facebook i'll i'll friend you and if you uh you know become a jerk i'll block you but you know <laughs> I'm just mark lamb um it's easy to find me there and uh, instagram i'm magnolia mouth and um at, i also have a blog called magnoliamouth.com so awesome thanks well thanks so much for being here thank you Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts.